Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Gosh, you know, you got to show up on the good days. You got to show up on the bad things. Um, It's brutal to say that. I know it's probably less fun to hear it than it is to say it. Um, it's no fun whatsoever. In the middle of the night, there's a flu bug going around, so I found myself watching international markets. And obviously, yesterday after the market, well, you start with the market, right? So you get up at 5 a.m. and you start doing your homework, 4.30, and uh, you take a look at international markets, take a look at how we're going to open, because it's already at that point in time, 7.30 on East Coast time. And so you start taking a look at the the German DAX or the FTSE or the Nikkei, and you just see you know big big numbers. Now they're not awful numbers because you also should look at the percentages. But stocks extend this week's retreat following a strong start to 2018 in the month of April. Um, April January. Um, Apple, Alphabet, tumbling following earnings. Amazon rallies to new all-time high. Yields continue to rise. Ten-year Treasury touches the highest mark since January 2014. I think that's the story. I think that's the story. I think uh, the earnings are there, but the earnings, when put on top of the valuations of the rally after the rally, Things are perfect. And in the past, things were, were like, oh, it's not the best job economy. It's not the best economy. Earnings are okay. We've got the tax reform. Let's rally higher. I think, you know, there's a lackluster response going on right now because so good for so long. And it's we went down 3% last year. Usually you go down 5% two or three, three or four times. So you can't blame Amazon. You really can't blame Apple because they started off strong today and then they went weaker. Um, but the increase in market rates, it, everything's going to cost more money. And when it costs more money, it's a lot like those tax cuts. You know, when when you pay less taxes, you have more money, right? That's the idea. But also, when you have higher interest rates, everything costs more. Housing costs more, and when housing costs more, housing prices tend to fall in large part. What's this all about? In large part, when interest rates move higher, everything costs more, mortgage rates go higher, you have less money. It's kind of a bit of a disease. So interest rates are moving higher because the jobs number today was pretty good. Uh, The inability to sustain large gains yesterday is driving contentions that a near top has been reached for a period of time. We will hit all-time highs again. I don't know when. It may be 10 days, which would be like, whoa. It may be 100 days, which would be like, double whoa. It may be 1,000 days, which would be like buying opportunity, right? Um, I'm not saying we're not going to rally by the end of the day, because we've been buying on the dips for a long time. I'm saying that historically, this isn't how Wall Street behaves. 
So Dow components Chevron and ExxonMobil are both down after reporting their earnings result. Visa's down. Merck's a little changed. I have a lot of cash right now, and I've been building it up recently. It might get more interesting for me. So the ten-year on the ten-year uh, Treasury has stretched to 2.83%, while the yield on the 30-year bonds up to 3.05%. The two-year note yield of 2.18% is 30 basis points higher than the S&P 500 dividend yield. So the two-year note, 30 basis points isn't much. 30 basis points is one-third of 1%. But now it's starting to pay you money to park money in a two-year Treasury note if you think markets are overvalued. So, versus parking money in the S P 500. Now again, the S P 500 is going to have some high increases in dividends because of all that repatriation of cash. But as the market rates go up, the competitive headwind they pose for highly valued stocks does as well. Is the bottom line here? Rising rates promise to introduce increased trading volatility as equity investors start saying, "You know what? I can get, I could park money in that two-year Treasury. I'm good with that." Because I think the markets are a little overvalued, and if the markets come down in value, you could say, I'm going to sell that, I'm going to put more money in something else, maybe stocks again. The January employment situation report has not helped the interest rate narrative today. Nope. Job growth was solid again, but the focal point was the three-tenths of 1% jump in average hourly earnings. That was in line with expectations. But when you take you know revisions into account, which you kind of have to do with economic data, it left average hourly earnings up 2.9% year over year, highest growth rate since May 2009. Now, for you, that's good. Inflation's been about between 2 to 4% each year for the last 75 years. So you need your wages to go up between 2 to 4% per year. And for years and years and years, it didn't. Last year, it did 2.9%. But your rents probably went up, your cost of your automobiles, maybe sideways, but. Cost of food, slightly down. Cost of clothing, slightly down. Again, this is all depends on what you're eating. Like If you're eating avocados, you're probably, oh, poor. But there's this big assumption right now that the strengthened economy and the tight labor market are going to invite higher wages and wage-based inflation pressures that have been dormant for years. The key takeaway right now is the January report has given some data-based life to the assumption of the Federal Reserve um, to move ahead with their rate hike at its March meeting. And again, this year's flying by already, right? January's gone. Rising wages are good for the economy. I'm not saying that they're not, but what's good for the economy is not always good for the stock market. Uh, It drives up rate hike expectations and it saps earnings. And we're not getting, you know, it's it's great if you have earnings increases or wage increases um, because earnings could figure it out for a corporation through productivity, but our productivity is not the best. January non-farm payrolls increased 200,000 over the past three months. Job gains have averaged about 192,000. Um, that's a good number. Um, the average hourly earnings were up three-tenths of a percent after increasing an upwardly four-tenths of a percent in December. Over the last 12 months, they're up 2.9%. Um, average work week in January was 34.3 hours uh, versus 34.5 hours in December. Labor force participation was 62.7% in January, same thing in December. But stocks worldwide are getting schwacked on higher interest rates. And it's fu- it's weird for me to look at. It's weird for me to say. You know, we went from like 24,000 to 25,000 to 26,000 pretty darn fast. So today we're back down under 26,000. No need to panic. We're still having a great year. 
but it's starting to feel like we may have our first correction. We may have our first pullback. Now, again, I don't know. Um, I don't try. I'm not in the business of, of guessing this market. I'm in the business of getting you to retirement. Trump's attacked the FBI and Justice Department as the war over the memo, the memo, and the Russia investigation heat up. That's out there. What's going to happen this weekend? Oh, father of three victims of Larry Nasser, he lunged at a disgraced doctor in the courtroom. Oh, <laughs> right. Like, can I find one good headline? How about this one? Bitcoin at eight thousand. Market of Bitcoin has lost $120 billion in 24 hours. I feel bad for the people that got in at 17000 But I've always been saying, and I'm trying to say right now, there's no way to analyze this. Now, yes, there will be an alternative to gold at some point in time, but gold has something going in its favor. It's real. Cryptocurrency, it's a blockchain technology that it's not real, and it's not accepted anywhere yet. Yet. Will it be when announcements start happening? That's when you can start analyzing it a little bit better. Bitcoin fell to about $7,700 a coin on Friday, losing 15% before round, rebounding above 8000 9000 was supposed to be the bottom, but that was yesterday. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Your comments and questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Uh, just the other day... Apple was at 180. Now you can take a look at everything and see that they're at 163. But last year they started at 129. It's that old facts of life with Tootie. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have. You take the good, you take the bad. Is that a better way of saying it? So you don't have to hear me sing? Very, very likely. Bank of America sees trouble ahead as their chief strategist. I throw that out there because I'm trying to be fair to you. We've had nine great years. Should we have one bad week, one bad month, one bad year? It comes with the territory. I look at it as you can get stocks 5 to 10% cheaper sometimes. The bond market right now is creating huge problems um, for the stock market. Stocks have bond market problem is probably the right way of saying it. Um, The 10-year treasury plummeted to four-year lows. And what that means is when you're talking about lows, you're actually talking about higher yields. And that's creating a problem because now you're starting to take take a look at the 10-year treasury and go, that's not too bad. Or the two-year treasury, like that's not too bad. Um, It's all relative, right? So you're seeing all the markets down between 1% and 1.2%. They're going to have a bad week. And again, it comes with the territory. The 10-year Treasury bond sits at 2.84%. Man, remember the glory days when it was down to one six, And it doesn't seem that long ago. one five. Um, strangely, I locked a, a mortgage right about that time in 2016 in July. I'm glad I did, because now it would cost me another two percentage points, a percentage and a half at least. So we go back to April 2013, and you look at the 10-year Treasury at 3%. 
Now, it went back down, and the stock market continued to go higher. We're at 2.84%, but we got good economic data today out of the employment report. Um, and we know tax cuts are going to stimulate the economy. I heard yesterday maybe 4.3% this quarter. That's the high on the street. Stocks extend the week's retreat following strong start to 2018, where it was a bit ridiculous. Apple and Alphabet tumble following earnings while Amazon rallies to new all-time high. Um, you know, sometimes you try to use these downtimes as an ability to find stocks that you like. Um, so have a shopping list because it can get uglier and it will get uglier. So I don't know if Trump has anything to do with this and what's going on with Russia. I don't know. I'm not a trader at this point in time. Um, but the unemployment we're hearing 4.1% could go easily down to 3.8, 3.7%. And that's already starting to put pressure on wages. And then you've also got the start of 2018, some minimum wages around the United States are going higher. So that's putting a little bit more pressure on inflationary numbers for businesses. Businesses aren't stupid. If they're going to sell you a chicken McNuggets for $2 and minimum wage goes from 10 to 12 on them or 12 to 15, they're going to say, you know what, we need to make that money back. So we're either going to you know, go grow crazy chickens with eight legs or we're going to you know, pay fewer people. And, and do a smaller payroll, or we're going to have a bigger payroll, or we're going to raise the price of... So all those are negative consequences from a positive scenario. People are earning more. They're going to spend more. But if you take a look at McDonald's, their menu, there is no middle. And that's kind of the problem with the United States right now. Um, Alphabet, a.k.a. Google, um, dropped 3.5% today after reporting an adjusted profit of $9.70 a share. The quarter featured significant revenue growth, offsetting rising costs and reduced margins. Apple lower. Where is it at this point in time? Because I think that's one that people care about and people are worried about. Um, it's at 162. It's down five bucks today. Qualcomm down three quarters of one percent. Domino's Pizza, Milan Labs, Baba, Baba, Alibaba down one and a half percent. So if you're thinking things are going to cool off, maybe they do. Um, what else is out there? Athena Health. Healthcare company, ticker symbol ATHN, jumped 6.8%. Um, excellent cost controls helped deliver the bottom line beat, which is likely evidence of um, the company's leadership. Mattel's down. Ooh, wah, wah. Sorry, Barbie, you're fired. But Ken, do you still love me? No. I got other people to go love. Brats. So Mattel down 9% today, below forecast expectations. Major flushing of inventory, severance of uh, flushing of people, and you have to sever them. And then impairments. They're trying to do what they can to build some second half 2018 momentum. Uh, Mattel looks interesting when it bottoms. The problem is you never catch a falling knife. And um, it's at that point now where we should take a look at it. Put it on your list. So, um, I'm not saying buy it, if you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. So, when things are bad and you're firing people and you're cutting inventory and you're setting yourself up to have a better next year, that's an area where you could actually do some good damage. And that's an area where you could actually do some good because um, you've lowered expectations. The high expectations are tough in life to meet, right? 
So $16.71 stock. It's actually turned higher for the day, which is interesting because it started at $14.79. It's already making that value move. And take a look at the history of Mattel. And if they're firing people and cutting inventory, the problem is, is Barbie's not doing it. And apps are doing it. And take a look at what kids are buying. So see if you see a hot toy coming up. I know that's good luck doing that, right? Not exactly making it easy for you. Elsewhere out there, um, Alibaba was a big loser yesterday after releasing its earnings, and that meant big gains for companies, people betting against it. So there's companies like Tesla and Apple and Alibaba that people think are going to fall apart. So yesterday, down about 6%. That's a big move down when the market's only down 1%, 2%. Um, Alphabet spinoff Waymo versus rail-hiding, rail-hailing giant Uber is in federal court. That's not good. So you don't want to be in court. Um, it's like no one wins, in my opinion. Bitcoin's crashing again, down to 8,000 today. Under 8,000, but back above 8,000. Apple's iPhone 10 pulled an extra revenue, tons of profits. But global sales, not looking great. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Mm-hmm. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. I do mean that. And I know that right now things are feeling a little choppy on Wall Street. And what I'm saying, I'm asking you to do is take a look at your portfolio. Do you have too much tech? Cut it. Do you have too much finance? Cut it. If you have too much of anything, then you're overexposed. This market can easily correct for a long period of time or a short period of time. You know, I'm seeing today, you know, the Dow down 335 points. It's only down 1.2%. Don't forget, we had an 8% month. Some markets up 5%, some up 8% in January. So you can't you can't expect 60%, you know, 80% returns. I feel like I'm overselling this, like don't panic, but I'm also saying at the same time, don't have too much exposure because I remember 2006 to 2008 felt rough. Uh, but it was also the buying opportunity in the last 10 years. And before that, 2000 to 2002 felt rough. And it was also the only buying opportunity. Oh, robo-advisors, robo-advisors, robo-advisors. There's financial people um, who give advice. CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, they would love to tailor risk to your reward profiles. They would love to tailor goals and things along those lines. And in the last two or three years, we've seen the rise of robo-advisors who you can do it all on an app. And, you know, you could see different versions of it, like LearnVest or Schwab or eMoney or there's different versions. But how do they handle down markets? We see how they handle up markets. Not bad. And we see how they handle small investors. Um, $100 here and we'll give you fractions of shares. Someone asked me the other day, if a stock splits into fractions, do I get a whole, how does it handle you know a two for one split if I only own a third or half a share? Because robo advisors can do that. <clears throat> I'm like you'll get half of a third. Dun, da, da, da. 
they'll be able to buy a, a third in the first place. They'll be able to buy a sixth or whatever half of it is. Robo-advisors in the midst of another growth spurt. A lot of people don't want to pay for a financial planner. They don't think they need to. Things are going up. It's pretty significant what we're seeing. $200 billion in aggregate assets under management worldwide. All automated. Robos are beginning to rack up real performance history. So we can see who's a good one and who are bad ones. <clears throat> Schwab is leading the pack right now. Behind uh, underperforming the market, Betterment, Vanguard, Acorns. But Schwab is leading the pack. So obvi- oddly enough, Schwab's also a big broker that will handle your, cl- your transactions. So <clears throat> seeing their track records after two years, it kind of gives us a feeling, right? Like Cher would say, oh, we're feeling, oh, we're feeling. Um, <clears throat> remember just the last month, Bitcoin was trading at 20000 Now it's at 8000 So if you don't think things could dip, ooh, just look at Bitcoin, right? Now, some people would say that's great um, <clears throat> because sometimes you have to shake money out of the weaker hands. I'm good with that strategy. Fun stats, Tom Lee, that argued that support is going to be somewhere between 7,800 and 8,000. Um, you know, he kind of said 9,000 and he kind of revised it to 78 to 8,000, which is kind of right where it's at right now. Um, I don't know how he can analyze that, to be quite honest with you. Amazon's prime quarter was a record for profits. Did I tell you um, Jeff Bezos pulled in $6.5 billion yesterday just after market, after his stock exploded higher? They had a record $1.86 billion in profits, $60.5 billion in revenue, breezing past the forecast for financial analysts. Um, they benefited from millions of new Prime subscribers during the holiday season and changes to U.S. tax law that added $789 million to their bottom line. Advertising also emerged as a key contributor as they're starting. You used to go to Google. Like today, if I need, um, oh, good golly, I need something to clean up on aisle one. If I needed um, an antibacterial soap, I used to Google it and find the best one, and then I'd order it from Amazon. Now you're just going to Amazon and hitting antibacterial soap. And the first two results you're seeing are Amazon's advertisements, and they're not necessarily the best ones. Now, they have to walk a fine line because Facebook this week we saw they lost millions of hours of eyeballs because they used to let you put up videos of, you know, other people's viral videos. And you would put an ad at the end of it and you're trying to make money off other people. And like some of the viral videos were like, hey, watch this crazy car crash. And no one really needs to watch a crazy car crash, but it starts rolling. It auto rolls. And you're like, well, I guess I'll watch the crazy car crash. And then you're like, I hate Facebook. It's pretty interesting. If you look at Facebook as far as what people feel about it, it's getting pretty negative on the uh, people meter. People think it's a problem. People think that it's it's not you know doing it's not helping their lives. So there's that out there. Uh, Google had a nerdy math joke in its latest earnings report, which. Give Google credit. They, they've got a creative side, and I think their CEO and Microsoft CEO are fantastic. Um, so in their fourth quarter earnings report, Google's parent company Alphabet announced plans to buy back some of its shares. Uh, to be exact, 8589869056, which is considered by mathematicians to be the perfect number. Why? I don't know. It's a fun property. 
they are the sum of all the proper divisors and or the whole numbers that evenly divide into the original. I don't want these guys to be that cute, but it's cute. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. So, um, so it's cute. I'll leave it at that. So elsewhere out there, um, Google's parent Alphabet did miss earnings by a pretty wide margin. The stock's down 4% today, very similar to Alpha, uh, to Apple. Companies paying more in traffic acquisition costs, which has been a concern, and they are heavily reliant on um, Apple. So that's worthy of keeping an eye on in the future. Alphabet was one of the big three tech companies yesterday, along with Apple and Amazon. Amazon, which is becoming a growing threat to Google's ad business, beat significantly. Um, Apple was higher, but on a day where it's turning into a sell-off across the world, some people are booking gains, and you can't blame them, and good for them. U.S. added 200,000 jobs, and wages spiked in January. The wages spiking is a problem. I know you're saying, but we're making more money. We'll spend it. But corporations, and the best way of saying it, you know, we started the year off with a minimum wage hike for something like 18 states. So more people are making more money. And, you know, I'm not telling you the mid-level is because I haven't looked at the numbers in detail. I will probably over the weekend. Um, but it's a problem because it creates producer price inflation. And we talked a little bit about it yesterday with, you know, first-time unemployment and then today with employment numbers. Um, first-time unemployment and then today with employment numbers, how many jobs we added. And earlier in the week, we had the ADP report, which showed slight wage increases and increases that were problematic tied towards healthcare costs and retaining uh, clients, uh, retaining employees. And those eventually get passed on. And that's the story until maybe July of how much inflation is there and what does the Fed do about it. The Fed, their job is to fight inflation. They'll raise interest rates. Um, and if they raise interest rates, they, they raise the cost of money. If they raise the cost of money... You and I pay more for mortgages. You and I pay more for credit cards. You and I pay more. So you can't say that that's necessarily a, a, like in, in business and in economic, economics, there are no right answers. There's just compromises. I love that statement. There are no right answers. There's just compromises. We're looking at the 10-year Treasury pushing towards 3%. I would not be surprised if we went there sooner rather than later with all the feel-good data on the economy. And all the feel-good data from tax returns are coming soon. And when those come, people do what? They spend them. Fast job growth and higher wages are sparking fears that the economy could overheat, leading to inflation and faster interest rate hikes by the Fed. So if you're going to lock it a mortgage, if I'm a gambling man, I'd lock it today. Now, with that said, we're one Mueller probe away and Trump you know, threatening to blow up Korea and Korea threatening to blow us up and I don't know if I want to make a bet over the Olympics that Kim Jong-il isn't going to do something stupid. Um, it's in his backyard. Or maybe it's his front yard. I don't know uh, which way his yards face. Um, but the 10-year Treasury hit in 3%. You know, historically, you, you buy stocks under 3.5%. Um, you buy bonds over 3.5%. And that's how my money plays. How does your money play? So as we roll higher... And people who are older say, I can get 2.8% or 3%, it's going to create a problem. Shares of Sprint are up 5% today. They topped fiscal third quarter revenue and profit expectations. They announced it's added 256,000 postpaid subscriptions. The combination of postpaid 
ads, along with 63,000 prepaid editions, equaled the highest retail net um, editions in nearly three years. So those Sprint commercials, can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Um, are working. They're working. Um, what else do we need to hit today? A um, couple ratings cuts. There's talk that the iPhone supercycle has pretty weak legs and is pretty much so dried up after a month and a half. A lot of people talking about VMware buying Dell. Interesting. Dell's private, but VMware's not. I don't know if I want to be in the hardware business. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Um, stocks that you can buy, I'm always interested in this, that are raising their dividends. Um, it's one of the criteria that financial advisors look for. Because in good times and bad times, you get that dividend. Rising earning estimates often augur well for a company. As they earn more money, they say, we're going to pay you more money. Do you see how it kind of works together? Now, unfortunately, this has been a problem because everyone started to figure this out. The market's taken notice of big companies with big payouts. Um, and they sport a one-year total return of about 43% compared to 26% for the S&P 500. Now, the S&P 500, that's not shabby. But big tech giants like Cisco and Texas Instruments top lists when you do a quant numeric search for companies who have increased their dividends since six months ago. Uh, Cisco is the sultan of switches, the ruler of routers, and other building blocks of the internet. It's now expected to pay a dividend of buck twenty. That's up thirteen percent from earlier estimates. Now that's pretty good. Good time, bad time, they pay a buck twenty for each share that you own. And if they do that with one share, then they do thirty cents four times the year. Usually. Some companies do it monthly, some companies do it annually, some companies do what have you. And you're gonna see a lot of companies raise their dividends, and that's gonna be a catalyst to give some support to the market. And companies like Apple who do big buybacks, they like it when the market pulls big time back. But we're talking about companies that are upping their dividend. I think it's something you should look at. And if you're bored, Google companies that are up, upping their dividend. <laughs> Google still works, you know. Although I find myself playing with different uh, search engines from time to time. Other companies with rising dividends other than just uh, Cisco and Texas Instruments. I like Texas Instruments, by the way. You know why I like Texas Instruments? Because no one t ever talks about Texas Instruments. Um, Oracle. They've upped their dividend a lot in the last six months, as has Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and J.P. Morgan Chase. This is a list of stocks that I have on a shopping list. Union Pacific, what do they make? They don't make anything. They're a choo-choo train company, and they basically dominate an area of the country that they, that, you know, it's tough to serve. It's tough to compete with a train company. Guess what? I want to come up with a flying car to move goods around. I like trains over trucks because one trucker makes $100,000, $120,000 a year. One train conductor does the same. The difference is the trucker can pull maybe two truckloads at a time, whereas a train can pull 100 truckloads at a time. So I like Comcast for their dividend. I hate them for their business model. So that one I stay away from because I build cases on flags. 
Wells Fargo, no one likes them. They ripped off customers. They opened fraudulent accounts. That doesn't bother me because our government tends to slap the wrists of banks. And uh, in a rising interest rate environment, banks are going to be good. Good, good, good. Bank of America, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, I'm throwing my cards out there for you, ladies and gentlemen. Are you listening? Also, I like healthcare companies, AbbVie. They make the blockbuster, blockbuster drug Humira. And United Health, which is a, a player on health insurance, which, trust me, um, I've got awful health care. And I've, it's great health care, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it covers what I want it to cover. Uh, Real Estate Investment Trust is raising its quarterly dividend, uh, Simon Property uh, Group. So they make my list of, I like you a lot. So from Dumb and Dumber, um, I don't know. Could that movie be made today? Is it politically correct or not? Uh, they don't say they're. They don't say they're. They don't say they're challenged. They don't say that they've got learning disabilities. They just make them really dumb. Which I guess that does exist out there, right? Fox made a big bet on buying five years of Thursday Night Football, and could they be the big winner in TV sports? Because they're kind of late. Not, not, yeah, yeah, they're kind of late to the game. Fox Sports One and everything compared to ESPN. And ESPN built this big wall, and Fox built a very small wall, so the expectations were very low. So Fox, owned by 21st Century Fox, agreed to sell its regional sports networks, which broadcast local games to ESPN. That'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Their sports properties are going to be Sunday afternoon football, Thursday in, uh, football, including Super Bowls every third year, Major League Baseball including the World Series, lots of comprehensive local markets like Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, college, lots of NCAA, including Big Ten soccer, um, MMA. So Fox Sports Go, obviously a streaming service. Uh, ESPN is going to get into a streaming service in 2018 or 2019. Let's give them a little bit of time to figure it out. They, they're going to get into it. Will it be a real competitor to Netflix? Good question. Very good question. Um, stay with me in the days to come, in the weeks to come, in the years to come. You can always find me on iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money, Rob Black and Your Money, on Facebook, Rob Black. Um, I hate Rob Black. I hate Rob Black. And that's my Facebook page. And on, I have Cron for Rob Black. Um, check me out online. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Um, have a plan. Have an agenda. Good economies, bad economies. Good stock markets, bad stock markets. Remember, when you have a good economy, a great economy, it tends to portend bad things down the road for the stock market. And vice versa. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Find me at robblackshow.com.